if it, let's go back to the ant illustration. Mm-hmm. Let's say that I love the ants and a lawnmower's coming. And the only way for me to save the ants is to move the ant mound. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to dig up the ant mound. I'm going to pull up the mound and all those ants are going, that big thing hates us. Yeah. Uh, ants are dying. Uh, they don't understand what I'm doing. But the only way for the ant mound to survive is for me to move it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, it's my love and compassion for the ants, uh, even though it's disrupting their life and they yeah. don't understand yeah. it. And I'm going to seem really mean, and they can have no comprehension that it's actually my kindness that is rescuing them. And and a lot of the Old Testament is that. Mm-hmm. And you don't understand that until you see... God made flesh dying on the cross for the sin of all mankind. I mean, if you want to know what God is like, really, you look at Jesus. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is the first one of the new year. Happy 2023 to everybody and to you, Chad. Happy New Year to you, Robert. Did you guys do anything fun for New Year's? We did absolutely, well, for New Year's, yeah, we had some people over and went out to eat, that whole thing. Yep. Did you stay up till midnight? Dude, I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning. You got to be kidding me. We were getting in bed. Katrina was like, I'm so proud of you. And wow. I'm like, don't talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We went out to eat and had people over. It was fun. Very good. Very good. Well, we're into the new year. We're starting a new series and we're doing something a little different than we've ever done, which is just saying, hey, we're going to take a book of the Bible and kind of work our way through that over the next couple months here. Going through the book of Mark, uh, tell me why why it is that, that we chose the book of Mark. What is it that, that stood out about? Because there's obviously 66 books in the Bible. Could have done any of them. And you said, hey, let's do Mark. Well, we, we typically do uh, sections of the Bible, chapters, mm-hmm. passages, uh, but wanted to go through um, the life of Jesus. So first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, are the biographies of Jesus. Um, I will say this. People usually say the gospel of Mark. Uh, I've probably said that. That's actually inaccurate. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the gospels of Jesus, mm-hmm. according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it's it's their writings so you of have these the kinda, gospel that always belongs to Jesus. Yeah, you have these these viewpoints, these vantage points of the gospel. Yeah. And so they're writing from their perspective to a specific audience and for a specific purpose. So you have the gospel of Jesus according to Mark. Uh, yeah. The reason that I pick Mark, uh, one, it's short. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is uh, Mark doesn't kid around. Mm-hmm. Like Matthew starts with the genealogy. So if you're like, ooh, I want to read the Bible, and you start reading Matthew chapter one, you're like, oh, this is killing me. <laughs> uh, Luke starts with this big story about what happens in the temple prior to Jesus's, uh, the birth of Jesus. And then John starts with this big theological- Artistic. Thing. Yep. I and mean, he starts with the creation of the world, yeah. right? And connects it to Jesus. But Mark is like, hey, Jesus is the son of God. He's Messiah. Here's what happened. Boom. And so for all the men, mm-hmm. I, I picked um, Mark for you because- <laughs> It's the bullet it's, points. It's short. Yep. It's easy to read. It's action-oriented. There's actually not, not a lot of- uh, teaching from Jesus and Mark. Um, Mark is all about what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I wanted us to walk through Mark because if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. Yeah. And what would God do if he was here? Well, you just read through Mark and you will watch what Jesus does and in that you'll know the character of uh, of God. So yeah, super excited about it. It'll take us uh, all the way through Easter. Nice. So, so people that are listening, because I growing up, I used to have this thought as a kid, like, why doesn't God just like 
peel back this guy and reveal himself. And why doesn't, you know, why, why don't we just see this? Stick his head in the fishbowl. Exactly. Why don't we see this giant face or whatever? Uh, talk about, you, you just made a statement. And if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Yeah. Um, talk about just even the, the reasoning, the understanding behind why that had to be the way that God would reveal himself to us. So I'll give a definition of a God, which I do every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I got this from a book called Know What You Believe by Paul Little. So if you want to get this book, you can do that. I read this when I was 19 and remembered it. Mm -hmm. Uh, God is an infinite, eternal spirit. So just let that sink in for a second. Infinite and eternal. An infinite, eternal spirit without any boundaries or limitations that has an intellect, personality, feelings, and will. And so God is not like us. Uh-huh. Uh, he's not an old man in the sky. Uh-huh. That's Gandalf the gray. That's uh-huh. not God. Or Gandalf the white. Take your pick, right? Uh, God uh, doesn't have a body. God is an infinite, eternal spirit. Uh-huh. And so the only way that you and I, who are very, very small, could understand the intellect, personality, feelings, and will of this being that loves us, that is very, very big beyond uh-huh. our comprehension— would be for him to wrap himself up in flesh and become one of us. That's the only way we would have any understanding mm-hmm. of his his heart. Mm-hmm. It would be like me trying to explain myself to an ant. Yeah. It's impossible. Uh, the ant can have no comprehension of who I really am unless I became an ant, uh, walked around with ants, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, which is a really crude illustration, but it's the best I've got. Um God has revealed himself in and through the person of Jesus. Again, if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. Even the pages of Scripture, which is God's word, Mm -hmm. it's still mankind trying to articulate that which is unexplainable. Yeah. And so you have really crude descriptions throughout the Old Testament of the nature and character of God, uh, even though they're accurate, it's in Mm -hmm. the Bible, but it's it's the best we can explain it. But then when we see Jesus— Uh, we see him clearly. Yeah. And so if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. Yeah, you kind of have these whispers, this, this shadow, this idea of who God is, but you're seeing it, again, from very unique perspectives throughout history. You have yeah. the Exodus and all that, and you kind of get some ideas about who God is, and then God reveals himself to Moses and you know tells Moses, you know, I'm, I'm gracious, compassionate, and loving, and all that. But you look at some things in the Old Testament, and you go... Is he though? Because you have a flood. Why and you is have God all these, so mean? Yeah, you have all these things, and then you and then you have Jesus in the New Testament, and and I love how John, even in his gospel, writes it that the Word became flesh. So you have the Word of God, which is the Holy Spirit moving men to write. Well, that Word becomes flesh, and now, like you said, you can see God face to face, and now we can really get to know who He is. Well, let's cover the Old Testament question because. You brought it up because people think about, you know, it says he's gracious and uh-huh. kind and yet he's destroying the world with a flood. Yeah. Um, and some people have put God in kind of this caricature box of just this angry, vengeful, Oh, he's wrathful, mercurial, right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's um, throwing lightning bolts. And, 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 and with a grain of salt, as I say this, you know, he's, he's multiple personalities, mm-hmm. bipolar. He's all over the place. He's moody. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't understand. If, if, let's go back to the ant illustration. Mm-hmm. Let's say that I love the ants and a lawnmower's coming. And the only way for me to save the ants is to move the ant mound. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to dig up the ant mound. I'm going to pull up the mound, and all those ants are going, that big thing hates us. Yeah, uh, Ants are dying. Uh, they don't understand what I'm doing. But the only way for the ant mound to survive is for me to move it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, it's my love and compassion for the ants, uh, even though it's disrupting their life and they don't yeah. understand yeah. it. And I'm going to seem really mean, and they can have no comprehension that it's actually my kindness that is rescuing them. And and a lot of the Old Testament is that. Mm-hmm. And you don't understand that until you see 
God made flesh dying on the cross for the sin of all mankind. I mean, it, it, if you want to know what God is like, really, you look at Jesus. Yeah. So. All, all of that wrath that you see is, is poured out on Jesus. God takes it upon himself, absorbs that for us. And so if you just look at the wrath part in the Old Testament, you're like, oh, man, he seems angry. But when you realize, no, that's, that is the consequence of sin. And now he's absorbing that on himself. And you see that in the person of Jesus. Now you have a complete picture. You and I are very limited and our understanding is very small. Uh-huh. God is infinite. Uh-huh. And so anytime we don't understand God, um, what we do is we trust his heart. Uh-huh. Uh, I say it when I'm preaching, you know, and get my pastor talk on. When you when you don't understand and you can't trace his hand and you don't know the plan, uh-huh. uh, you trust his heart. Because you can see the heart of God in the person of Jesus. Yeah. I, I remember this is kind of off off topic here a little bit, but in line when my son, he was a newborn and he got RSV. So he got this sickness. We ended up in the hospital and he's three weeks old and and they have to stick him with IVs and do all that. And so they're poking him. He's bleeding all over the place, but he's, he's not getting enough oxygen. So they have to do all this treatment on him. And as a dad, my job is to kind of hold him down while they're poking him with needles. And I just, I remember that feeling of him looking at me with his three week understanding of this is, you know, the dad who's supposed to love me and nurture me and care for me and all of that. And he's pinning me down while these people stab me. Well, he couldn't comprehend. He couldn't understand the bigger picture of what was going on in that moment. And there's so much of that, that, that we just don't have the perspective or the ability to understand the big picture of what God is doing. And to your point, that's when we just go, okay, I trust him. I had to hold Josh down. That's my son when he was getting stitches mm-hmm. and he was three. Mm-hmm. So Lots of understanding there. Why yeah. is dad holding me down? Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, your heart for your son is you wanted the best thing for him. His face needed to be <laughs> sewn up. Yeah. So, yeah, now he's still pretty. Which All right. Is good. So, Gospel of Mark starts out with this guy, John the Baptist. John the Baptist, give us a little background on who he is and, and kind of his role in the story of Jesus. Well, uh, again, one of the reasons we picked Mark. Uh, to walk through at the beginning of this year is because, uh, again, he gets right to the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, Jesus is God. Uh, here's a prophecy written 800 years earlier, mm-hmm. and here's the fulfillment of that prophecy. It's a guy named John the Baptist. I mean, Mark's just like, boom, Yeah, here it is. So in the Old Testament, God gave us kind of the, the address of the Messiah, told us uh, events that were going to be happening around his life, told us uh, actually within really close proximity, talking about weeks and months, when the Messiah would arrive. Uh, so you have all of these hundreds of prophecies about this coming Messiah. Messiah, 300 distinct prophecies. Mm-hmm. So Messiah means least. anointed one. It's the it's the promised Savior. So in the very beginning of the Old Testament, you have this problem of our rebellion against God, and God says, I'm going to, I got a plan, and there's going to be a rescuer, Savior. And all throughout the Old Testament, it's pointing to this, this rescuer, this Savior, this Messiah is coming. And then Mark begins saying, he's come, and, and here's a prophecy. Here's one of those promises so we would know when he arrived, who he was, and it's fulfilled through John the Baptist. I love how he writes it too. He says, uh, this is the gospel of Messiah, the Son of God, right? Jesus Christ. And so John the Baptist came to me. It's just like, bam. Uh, yeah. So let, me, let me point out something that uh, I mentioned in the sermon um, that I'd never seen before. So it says John the Baptist is paving the way, mm-hmm. right, for the coming Messiah. And so he's preaching in the wilderness, 
repentance and people are going out into the wilderness to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Well, when you and I think wilderness, we think forest, but in the language there is the desert. Yeah. And it is the uh, barren moonscape, death yep. valley kind of desert. And what's amazing is if you understand the Bible uh, as a whole, uh, God always meets his people in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And Mark is making that connection that John the Baptist is saying, uh, God is going to meet you uh, in, a, in a new way. Mm-hmm. And so in the Old Testament, um, Jewish people are in Egyptian bondage. Mm-hmm. God's going to take them to the promised land. And so in between those two places, they wind up where? In the wilderness. And God supernaturally provides for them. Yeah. Uh, manna to eat, water from a rock. Mm-hmm. And it's like Mark saying out of the gate, let me, let me just point something out here, mm-hmm. right? Even though I'm just giving you the facts, God is supernaturally providing something new. Yep. In the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, Because all of us um, get to a place in our lives, now I'm going to wax eloquent here Mm -hmm. a little bit, where we go through wilderness experiences. Mm -hmm. Because that which we thought would water our souls doesn't, that which we thought was going to nourish us doesn't. And when the well is empty and the soul is hungry and thirsty, God tends to meet us there. And so it's like out of the gate, Mark's pointing this picture and, and then he and then he says and you know john the baptist is a wild dude like he's eating locusts <laughs> he's he's wearing camel skin you know he's a wilderness guy because whatever the wilderness is in your life right now god has provision for you it's this this cool kind of connection yeah so then you have also his name's john the baptist that'll so, preach won't it that was good that's good you, do you want yeah. need to pause and let that just kind of soak in for everybody well, that's new for me i was ready to keep going but yeah, keep no, going. That's good. Sorry. No. Well, okay, let's just do it. So what's right. your wilderness right now? Mm. Jesus has provision for you. Mm-hmm. He's the supernatural provision of God for your life. So if you just lost your job, mm-hmm. uh, if you just lost your relationship, uh, whatever's going on in your life, there is supernatural provision for you in the desert of whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. And that supernatural provision is God himself made flesh. It's Jesus. Yeah. I wanted to preach that. Now you can talk. Oh, wow. <laughs> It's just so good. I know. Everything I'm so about good. to say doesn't sound nearly as good after hearing that. But here's here's the the point I want us to to hit on as well. So you have John the Baptist. The reason he's called John the Baptist is he's baptizing people. Uh, and so this idea of baptism, it wasn't that— And he doesn't drink alcohol. Let's just throw that out there. And he's got— Because he's Baptist. Long hair and he's—yeah, there you go. Good joke. Sorry, he's uh, baptizing people. Go ahead. Yeah, so he's baptizing people. A little people, bit of my background. Which is this, this ceremonial— This is a Jewish practice that, that existed, but Jesus didn't invent baptism. It was this Jewish practice, but it was this ritual cleansing— where, where people would dip in the water, and it kind of represented this new, new day. So here we are, new year, mm-hmm. uh, and and here in the wilderness, he's saying, hey, there's there's this new, something new is happening. And he's inviting people to repent, and he's preparing the way for Jesus to show up then. And now Jesus is going to be baptized, and he's going to launch into his ministry after his own baptism, which he models for us, uh, which is why we do baptisms at Sun Valley. This is something that's existed, again, even before the launch of the ministry of Jesus. You had this this ritual cleansing that John the Baptist is doing, and then Jesus comes in and says, 
you know, anybody who's a follower of me, I want you to be baptized. I want you to, to experience that because it represents new. It represents new life. It represents a new, a new day. So John the Baptist is out there baptizing people, and they're asking questions about him. And they're going, who is this guy? Because they haven't had anybody like John the Baptist in hundreds of years as, as a Jewish nation, as the people. They're, they're going, we haven't heard from God. And now this guy shows up, and he's some kind of a prophet. Yeah. Well, there's been a 400-year silence. Mm-hmm. So uh... – Malachi, which is the last book of your Old Testament, uh, he prophesies there's things there and then there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have this new prophet. So 400 years. I know in, in biblical numbers, that's not that long. Think about 400 years ago. Oh, yeah. And if we the hadn't United States heard- of America wasn't here. Yeah. You hadn't heard anything in 400 years. You, yeah. You're probably getting a little bit like, oh, maybe maybe he was never speaking to begin with. Yeah. So 400 years later, this guy shows up, clearly a prophet of God, and people are asking, who is he? What's going on? What's happening? Okay, let's make a connection here, mm-hmm. and I'm going I'm to turn it around and ask you questions. Great. So you and I have been to Israel. Mm-hmm. You are more proficient in the archaeology and study of Israel than I am. The nerddom of it, yeah. Um, we've been to the Temple Mount. Mm-hmm. We've walked up the steps. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... What's an interesting fact about those steps? So the steps on the way to the Temple Mount, if if you are a member of OSHA or whatever you go, these these are not approved <laughs> steps because uh, some are I short. I twice. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> just so you guys know, the, I don't think anything's funnier than somebody tripping. So anytime Chad and I are out traveling. Robert almost lost his job several times when we went to Israel because <laughs> be, I'd trip and he'd just point and it laugh could, at me. Yeah, it could be the smallest little stumble. And it's something, I love you. I'm just yeah, teasing. It goes back to – my brother and I's relationship. But yeah, so I did a lot of laughing at Chad. But yeah, the steps are so uneven. And and the reason behind that is you don't just rush into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually have to consider each step that you're taking. You have to watch. And it's it's almost like a mindfulness exercise that when they constructed it, they knew how to make even steps. They do that mm-hmm. on purpose. And they do that with synagogues and they do that with the temple. And it's a, hey, we are approaching the presence of God. And so let's, let's consider our steps as we are entering into this holy place. Place. And so uh, it really is quite beautiful, uh, yeah, but totally so good. not approved by OSHA. Okay. So we're talking about baptism. Mm-hmm. When people would walk up the uneven steps. Mm-hmm. Also, all around the steps, you have these, they're called mikvahs. And it's these these pools, and it's they'd be filled with water, and these are the ritual baths. This is where the idea of baptism would come from. So there would be this cleansing before going up these temple steps. And so you would wash yourself mm-hmm. before. Yep. You would go into the temple area. Yeah. Because you're preparing yourself to enter into the presence of God. Yeah. Okay. So now here we are in the desert. Let's make a connection. Yep. And there's a river running through it. And John the Baptist, you're not washing yourself. He's baptizing you. And then he says in verse 8, I'm baptizing you with water. But there's another that's going to come. I'm not even worthy to touch his sandals. Uh-huh. And he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Okay. There's this beautiful thing right out of the gate in the book of Mark where Mark's making that connection. And he's saying spiritually, something is about to happen uh-huh. that you could never do on your own. Uh-huh. We know you wash yourself when you go to the temple, right? We know you watch your steps. But something spiritual is about to happen. And you're going to experience a washing, a cleansing that you could never do on your own. Uh And it's with the coming of the Messiah. It's with the coming of the Savior. And there's this like, even in the first eight verses, so I've been studying it, obviously, so I'm getting pumped up over Uh here. There's this beautiful crescendo 
to that statement to where if you know the history and you know the background, both religious people and irreligious people are going out to be baptized. Uh So you have people that know the law Uh and practicing the Jewish religion, and you have Gentiles. And John the Baptist is going, someone is coming that's going to do something for you that religion could never do. You Uh could never cleanse yourself enough. You could never watch your step enough. You could never get it done. And he's going to come and do an amazing thing in your life. And it's this beautiful start uh, to, to the book of Mark. So cool. So, so we keep, it's interesting how much we keep pulling from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you do have this temple system and you have this animal sacrifice covering for the sins of the people. And there's this constant uh, atonement that has to keep taking place. And it's, it's basically, we're just covering up over, over the sins. But then John says something interesting when he sees Jesus. He says, behold, the Lamb of God. So everybody's mind is going to sacrificial system and going to, okay, this sacrifice on our behalf, bloodshed on our behalf for our sins. He says, behold, the Lamb of God, not who covers our sins, uh, but who takes away the sin of the world. Something that had never, to your point, something new, never been heard of before, that the sin would actually be taken away. And that's what Jesus does. It's a completely different story from the Old Testament, but it's just a shadow of what was coming with Jesus. And Jesus is that fulfillment. And then John, to your point of the crescendo, this guy's famous, right? This guy has influence. People are asking, is he, you know, is he the Messiah? Is he, who is he? And he does this beautiful, just kind of fades back and, and points everybody to Jesus. And, you know, I, I'm going to just kind of disappear into the background. It's about Jesus. Follow him, trust him. He's the Messiah. And his whole life was about preparing for Jesus's ministry. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Last thing, as, as we kind of kick off the book of Mark yeah. and, Um, I hope that uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I hope you'll join us on the weekends. I I really think you'll learn a lot about who God is. I think it will help you. But it says that John the Baptist is is preparing the path. Uh He's he's making straight the way of the Lord, right? He's preparing the path. And the thing about Jesus is um, he's the son of God. He's a king. Uh, but the path that he takes is to a cross. Uh-huh. Usually when we think king, we think slaves, you know, if a king is coming, right, you're about to get conquered. Uh-huh. And yet this king doesn't come to conquer you. Uh, this king comes to give you life. Uh-huh. And what the king is looking for is not slaves, uh, but children who voluntarily surrender uh, to be part of his family. And the king's path leads to a cross. Because he conquers death, hell, and the grave through his sacrifice. It's, mm-hmm. it's just something totally different. Mm-hmm. And thus he baptizes us with his spirit mm-hmm. I mean, because he gives up his spirit for you and me. It's just this amazing thing. The Bible's so legit. Uh, just studying those first few eight verses, I'm like so excited about this series. Yeah. We're calling it King's Cross. So the first journey of it will... Um, Talk about the new kingdom that Jesus is establishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second part of walking through Mark, uh, it'll take us into Easter and the cross. Yeah. So You mentioned this earlier in the, the podcast. Some people may be in a desolate place. People in the wilderness. In a, yeah. Do you yeah. want to just close our time praying for those that are in that place and pray that, that God would show up and, yeah. uh, and that there would be something new? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it could be that you are in a really difficult situation. Um, it could be, and I, I, this just came to mind, so I'm going to say it. I had a friend that um, his dreams have come true this past year. I mean, stuff he's worked for his whole life. 
and he's surprised by unf- how unfulfilling it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he literally looked at me and said, I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, uh, I- I've based my whole life on this, you know, and it's, it's empty, right? The wilderness just simply means uh, you've looked for water in a place where you find out there is none. You've looked for food and nourishment for your soul in a place where you find out there is none. And God meets you there mm-hmm. uh, because he's the manna from heaven. That's Jesus, right? He's the living water from the rock. That's Jesus. Uh, Jesus will meet you there. And so, yeah, let me, let me pray for us. Uh, Father, thank you for your grace and thank you for your word. Um, just personally, thank you for what you're already doing in my heart. Um, as um, studying the book of Mark, getting ready to share some things. And I, I pray that you would help all of us um, know you better. Whether we're uh, a religious person or whether we're irreligious, wherever we are in life, I, I pray we, w- we would at least step into examining uh, this book of the Bible so that we can know you, Jesus, so that we can know who God really is. Uh, because you're God made flesh. I pray for those who are in a wilderness experience right now, whether it's a really difficult time or whether you just are experiencing um, the futility of things that we trust in in life. I pray wherever we are that, that you would meet us there and that you would be manna for our souls and water for our souls and that we would learn that you are what life is all about. Teach us, we pray. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.